Antoinette Cunningham, uh, General Secretary of the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors, good afternoon to you. Afternoon. Uh, in a moment, we'll get to your planned day of action on Monday over uh, Garda rosters, but we've heard a lot about the ending of the eviction ban this week with quite a lot of fear being expressed that families might be referred on to Garda stations in the absence of emergency accommodation. What, are, what kind of facilities do Garda stations have to respond to that if it does happen in larger numbers from the first to next month? Sadly, Colm, absolutely none. Uh, I think we would all know that a Garda station is not a suitable place for a family who have been evicted or who are homeless uh, to attend to. And of course, we have a duty to keep people safe and to serve our communities. And anyone who presented at a Garda station would, of course, be treated empathetically and sympathetically, but quite simply, there are no facilities in Garda stations to deal with people who may be the subject of an eviction order. And uh, I suppose what I would say is if government feel that that's something that could happen, they should immediately take steps to ensure that it doesn't, in the knowledge that there are no facilities. And it, Seeing as it seems to be at this stage at least possible, if not probable, that people will find themselves in situations where emergency accommodation will be needed and where that's lacking, they will wind up in Garda stations. If planning can be done, inadequate and all as it is, what other services would be needed on call at Garda stations to deal with families coming into them? But there are no facilities. I mean, there is no point in saying there are facilities. The only thing we have in Garda stations is a public office. Uh, There's quite a number of people who come in and out through that at all stages of a 24-hour service, as you can imagine. Uh, Cells are used for the detention of people who are under arrest. Uh, So quite simply, there are no facilities in Garda stations to deal with families or people who are evicted and who are homeless. We don't have those facilities. Right. So for for people who have nowhere to go and the Garda station unable to to, uh, accommodate them, is this a time perhaps to have the Child and Family Agency Tusla on standby as well to link in with Garda stations? Well, I think these are the decisions that government now have to make. I mean, absolutely, if this is anticipated as something that could arise Uh, Everybody that is in government needs to deal with this issue very urgently to make sure that people who have nowhere else to go uh, really are in the knowledge that if they come to a Garda station, other than a shelter out of the dark and out of the rain and a a cup of coffee that I know my members would always offer to look after people, there are no other facilities. So steps should immediately be taken to mitigate against that happening in the first place. Right. Can we turn to your own day of action on Monday over rostering? Uh, Sure. What's going to happen and what's your concern? Well, I suppose just for a small bit of context, uh, Colin, we changed our roster in March 2020 to police the COVID pandemic. And at that time, we were given undertakings by the Garda Commissioner that we would return to our previous work pattern. Uh, And we were safe in the knowledge of of that. Unfortunately, what has now happened is that agreement is not going to be honoured. And effectively, the Commissioner is trying to uh, introduce a new roster without agreement. And that uh, roster is um, very family unfriendly. Uh, There are a lot of issues contained within it and it will be um, imposed rather than agreed and that is something that our membership is not prepared to accept. And how much engagement has there been on negotiation of this and and why do you feel the need that now is time for a day of action rather than pursuing the industrial relations machinery inside the Gardaí? There was a working group set up in Angardashi Economy to try and address roster reform and actually significant progress was made in there. However, 
Uh, it ended in August last year without agreement. And I suppose since August and now we have, as an association in AGSI, gone back to the Garda Commissioner on several occasions to ask him to re-engage with AGSI on the issue. Uh, we actually met him last Wednesday and we asked him to give AGSI a short time-limited period where we could re-engage on the matters of concern to us. And uh, the Commissioner says that he wishes to elevate to the dispute. Uh, we don't agree with the elevation of the dispute uh, at this point in time because we believe it is capable of being resolved internally and the issues of concern that we have are capable of being resolved at this, at this point in time. All right, oh, but we're taking a day of action on Monday would seem to indicate that you're not that optimistic about what the internal procedures of the Garda Siakana could, could realise. Well, you see, the problem is the Garda Commissioner won't give us the opportunity to go in there uh, and that's regrettable because there is a Garda Conciliation Council that does deal with internal disputes. Uh, we believe that we haven't had the opportunity in there to make the submissions that we believe could be helpful in trying to resolve this. We had to resort to holding a special delegate conference of our membership in Athlone last week. And overwhelmingly, uh, this issue was the dominant theme of the delegate conference. And un sadly and unfortunately, people feel that the Garda Commissioner is just not listening to the concerns right. well, that well, we have. Well, why not go to the Workplace Relations Commission? In that case, you have a mandate from your members, you believe in the merits of your case, take your chances at the WRC. Well, uh, I think that's that's probably a little bit premature because we have an internal system uh, and, of course, any dispute uh, that's elevated is places in, into the state uh, IR machinery and we believe it's premature to go there. There is more that can be done internally to try and resolve this dispute and that's the place where we would like to go to try and resolve it first of all. Right. And the Commissioner said in a statement he believes the protest that you're holding on Monday will be unnecessary given the action that has been taken and he says it, he doesn't think it's particularly helpful when uh, he, uh, in his view, the Gardaí are going into the process of the Workplace Relations Commission. So he seems to have made up his mind as to where this is going. Is there is there any real point in trying to continue to pursue it internally? I think there really is. I mean, what you have to understand is that there has been a previous um, agreement given by the Gardaí Commissioner that we would return to our previous work pattern. And if for operational reasons the Commissioner can't honour that, then what he can't do is impose a roster upon us without agreement. There has to be agreement on a roster before it can be imposed on people, particularly when it requires people to do shifts like 14 days out of 16 working. That is not a family-friendly roster. It doesn't have an appropriate work-life balance. And these are the issues that we would like to work internally to overcome. People will be asked to work 40, 47 extra days per year under the commissioner's proposals. And the other thing that has happened is 15 times in the last three years, the commissioner has given short term extensions to this roster, leaving the membership that we represent in a total state of uncertainty. There's no predictability attached to that. People can't plan their lives. We have families who are trying to get children into creches. There's no long-term planning around what their work shift pattern will be. And these are all things that we've appealed to the Garda Commissioner to address with him, but he seems intent on elevating the dispute. And when we feel there's more scope to resolve this indoors, that is what our focus will be for now. And there could be people listening to this programme saying that in their workplace, they get a month's notice to any roster changes, and that's part of, of the terms and conditions. In this case, the Garda Commissioner has said he'll give three months' notice for roster change. So you're better off than some. 
Well, we're not really, to be fair. Now, we work a 24-7 hour shift pattern of work. And the only thing that you have when you work a shift system is certainty and predictability of your working hours. And that was there prior to COVID by virtue of an agreement between all of us, including the Garda Commissioner. That is an agreement which we believe should be honoured. And if you're going to change it, then it can't be disadvantageous to the very people that are working the shift pattern. All we're requiring is certainty and predictability. We have we we changed our roster to police the COVID pandemic. We did that overnight and we were happy to uh, assist in the national emergency. Right. But now what's happen- actually happening is we're going to be punished for that and that's not fair. So on you're, you're handing in a letter to the Garda Commissioner on Monday. If, you do, if this doesn't result in a satisfactory outcome of re-engagement through the internal Garda processes, at that point, is the WRC on the horizon or is industrial action on the horizon? At that point, what we'll do is we have plans for a second day of action. Our executive will meet uh, a week after we hold this protest. We will then plan for a second day of action as it has been mandated by our membership. And by the way, Colm, we will have representatives from every branch in our association there on Monday to show the Garda Commissioner that they believe he is not listening to them and their needs. That's why they're travelling. The group that I represent are a very conservative group. They're very supportive of the Garda reform agenda. They're very supportive of the Garda Commissioner and the work he's doing to reform on Garda Síochána, but they are not supportive of a roster which imposes unfairly on their work-life balance. All right, and that-, that is the key issue here. So, so the next plan then is in four weeks' time, we will go to our annual delegate conference in Salt Hill in Galway, and we will continue the discussion on rosters and all types of industrial action if that's the space that the members feel they're in at that point in time. Up to and including what is open to you? Well, up to and including what the membership say that they can do. And you know in, in the Gardaí we're severely confined because we cannot legally go on strike. But what we can do is listen and listen to our members and if they feel they have to take individual action uh, around uh, matters such as protests and that we will listen to all of what they want to say to us in four weeks' time and if they mandate us to take certain action, we will carry that out on their behalf. Right. You mentioned work-life balance and the need for people to plan their family lives. Is this having an effect on retention, do you believe? I absolutely believe it does. I, I, I sat in front of 137 sergeants and inspectors in Athlone last week, Colm, and I have never seen all of them unanimously and totally agree that morale in Angarda Siakana at the moment is at its lowest point. Now, the members that I represent are senior in service. They're sergeants and inspectors who've been around the job for an average of 20 years, if not more. And for them to be saying that the job is changing utterly, they're chained to their desks, they're involved in a bureaucratic system, they don't get out in communities, the traditional model of community policing is slipping away from them, and they are losing junior members and younger people, and even people in our own ranks, faster than we've ever seen. And I've listened to politicians and garden management trying to mitigate that and and somehow say, oh, it's only 1% of the workforce, it's only 107 people last year. Never in the history of the guards have 107 people resigned in one year. It has never happened. It was regarded as a job for life, a good job, a secure job, where you got out amongst the people, served the communities. Now people are saying there's too much stress, there's too much uncertainty around rosters. We don't know what's happening. 
Morale is at an all-time low. We're chained to our desk doing bureaucratic tasks right. over and over again on computer screens. And the whole thing, and, and plus there is a big problem with internal consultation with staff associations. Okay. And, and do you know what I would say, Colm? The uh, best recruiters into any organisation are the people within. And sadly, the message going out from the people in the organisation is not a positive one when it comes to people asking them, is this a good career choice? All right. Antoinette Cunningham, General Secretary of the AGSI, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. Well, let me introduce you to the political panel joining me in studio this week. There are Kieran O'Donnell, Minister of State at the Department of Housing and Fine Gael TD for Limerick City, Ivana Bacic, Labour Party leader and TD for Dublin Bay South and the party spokesperson on housing and Martin Kenny, Sinn Féin spokesperson on justice and TD for Sligo Leitrim. Good afternoon to you all. Thanks for joining me today. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, we'll get to some of the comments that Antoinette Cunningham made about the use of Garda stations just uh, in a while. But uh, to you, Kieran O'Donnell, first, the what's your view on the the state of play in the Garda at the moment, where the membership here, at least this part of uh, of the uh, the AGSI, are unhappy about the level of engagement and are concerned about the impact of the current rostering on morale in the force. Well, firstly, um, we very much value the work that the Gardaí do. It's hugely important, I think, to have a special place with the Irish public. Uh, this is a very serious matter. We want to see it resolved. Uh, we hope the respective parties can come together and, and reach a resolution. I think what we want to see, really, is that we have a system in place that ensures that we can have Gardaí out uh, patrolling, working with the public. But, obviously, it, it's hugely important as well that factored into that is work-life balance for Gardaí themselves. So you'd share some of the concerns that Antoinette Cunningham uh, was speaking about there. If their diagnosis is that rostering is a big part of that and they feel that they're being ignored, do you think it's worth this being looked at again before it's elevated to the Workplace Relations Commission? Yeah, but ultimately it's, this is an operational matter from Garda Síochána and obviously the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris and the various organisations. I think the most important thing now is that space will be given where the respective parties can come together and find a resolution. Uh, you know, the Gardaí itself, this is, uh, it hasn't elevated, but this is ultimately an industrial relations issue within an organisation. But I suppose, f- above all, uh, Gardaí are hugely important and we'd like to see this matter resolved. All right. Martin Kenny, um, you're your party's justice spokesperson on this. This rostering, this roster that Gardaí have been operating was an emergency measure That's introduced right. uh, in 2020. Uh, it was admittedly extended a number of times. Yeah. But it has always been an emergency measure. That's so right. It's, it's a constituency roster. It's 12, 12 hour shifts, four 12 hour shifts, four, four on, four off is basically how it's been working across the country. It's it's worked quite well for most Gardaí. Uh, the problem now is that it, rather than reverting to the way it used to be before that, which was usually 10 hour shifts, a lot of the shifts that the commissioner is proposing are only eight hour shifts. And for many people in Gardaí Síochána, particularly where they're renting or where they sometimes travel a long distance to get to work, that's very, very uh, difficult for them. And, and, and very inconvenient and really uh, part of the problem and you know Antoinette Cunningham is correct you know our, our issue here with retention and with recruitment all of this is part of the problem we have problems here with work-life balance we have problems with paying conditions we have problems with rostering we we need an overall the loss of premium of pay with a shorter day maybe sorry the loss of premium pay due to a shorter day that's that's part of it but I mean the, the reality is with the cost of living crisis many members of Angarda Shia can't afford to live rent in Dublin and certainly not afford to buy in Dublin 
and that's something we're hearing all over the place. So, you know, I think the point that the Kieran makes, you know, that it's up to the Gardaí and it's up to the Commissioner to get this together, you know, this is a public service that's provided to the people. And when we find that members of Garda Siakana are not able to provide that service adequately because of the position they're in where they can't recruit adequate staffing, that has an impact on right. the public but, and therefore is a responsibility of but, government. But Garda Management is prepared to go to the Workplace Relations Commission. This isn't the end of the process. Well, I, 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 we just, understand. I could engage in that forum We've, if they wanted to. I, I think I think that's premature. I, I think the, the representative organisations are saying that there is still work to be done internally before that happens and that they are prepared for to compromise and to try and work out solutions here. But unfortunately, Garda Management don't seem to be prepared to do that. And that's a kind of a, of a narrative we're getting all over the place from members of the of Garda Siakana, from, from, mid, from mid ranks right down to low ranks. Right, so you'd that, support that they, what you've heard feel, from Antoinette Cunningham. Yeah, great, greater Cunningham internal is, is, engagement. I, th- I think there has to be further internal engagement. And, and certainly the position of uh, Garda senior management seems to be to bull ahead with everything rather than actually sit down and talk and negotiate with people. I think that needs to change. But Ivana Bacic, is it bulling ahead? It's a no- the Workplace Relations Commission will adjudicate on the facts of the matter, decide on the merits of it. Maybe it's an objective third party that's needed to break through this and the WRC could be a useful form. Why is that an escalation rather than a calming mechanism? Well, first of all, Colm, just to say, I think we all appreciate the immense work, the immense public service that on members of Angarda Shikana tra- uh, carry out every day in our communities. I'm, I'm conscious, I think we all are, that 18 Gardaí were injured on duty in January alone this year, that Gardaí, as Antoinette Cunningham has said, overnight changed rostering, changed work arrangements with the start of the pandemic in 2020 in order to provide that level of public service. I think that's hugely appreciated. And I must say, I think it's entirely reasonable of Antoinette Cunningham and the AGSI to seek to continue with the internal negotiation processes before calling in the external state bodies, the Workplace Relations Commission. It seems to me eminently reasonable that uh, any negotiations on rostering should exhaust all the local remedies. Well, the management the clearly feels that has first. been exhausted. Well, it, the AGSI, AGSI are very keen to continue with the internal mechanisms and I think it would be entirely reasonable of the Garda Commissioner to do that as a first step. And if necessary, then, of course, the WRC is there. But in any, as any, and I'm a lifelong trade unionist, as any trade unionist knows, and indeed employers too, it is important that local mechanisms are exhausted first. And I think it's very clear listening to Antoinette that the AGSI are very willing to continue in the internal mechanisms and uh, um, and and that really right. is where we should see this engagement. And may I say also, Colm, that you know the, this is in the context where we're hearing from government every day about the difficulties the Gardaí are having in recruiting and retaining staff. There's more than 800 fewer Gardaí now working now than there were at the start of the pandemic. And, you know, right. so, okay, so it is a matter let's... for government now to step in yeah. to ensure that we can see uh, Gardaí retain, right. retained let's... and recruited so that we can address really serious incidences of crime and antisocial behaviour in our community. We're working towards a thousand extra Gardaí coming through Templemore this year. Between Gardaí that came in and attested last year, we're looking at roughly about 500. I think the, the, the world is changing. Uh, I think the, the number of people that are retiring, uh, no one likes to, to lose a member of my Gardaí shake on it, but I think uh, at 1% it's relatively low in the overall scheme of things. And really, our, cha- our 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 intention, and it's very much will happen this year. A thousand Gardaí will come out of Templemore this year. This year, but Kieran, last year you said there'd be eight hundred out of Templemore, and there was was there two hundred? 
you know, well, like, like we, and, and, we ha- and we had more than that between retirements and, and people resigning. So, you know, we, we have a crisis here and Fine Gael has been in government and has been in charge of the Department of Justice for over a decade now and all we have seen is a depletion are, in morale and a depletion in numbers. 200 already uh, gone in and we're very much on target and we'll hit that target of 1,000 extra guardians right. coming out to promote We're already the 800 down. I mean, if you look at the figures yeah. compared to the start of the pandemic, the numbers who are who have left the force, we've heard Antoinette speaking about this, we're all very conscious. Those numbers, we're those numbers. Will, will Kieran, may I say, I'm engaging with local communities in the south inner city, the area I represent, who are devastated by levels of crime and antisocial behaviour. Uh, local businesses, local communities, local residents, and they're simply not able to get the necessary levels of community policing in the area right. because the local yeah, guardia are telling right. me they're okay. under it's, 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 it's very simple, really. We we have a major drive on now to get extra guardia to Templemore. There'll be a thousand coming through this year. That will take care of uh, that that difference that you have, but ultimately, do you recognise? Hang on a second, let Martin Kenny in. Yeah, do, do you recognise that there needs to be a change, a change in in the work and in the pay and conditions of Angarda Shiakana and in in a, in a whole range of things, including the 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 rosters, in order to retain those Gardaí when you do recruit them? Do you no. recognise that? No, the most important thing at the moment is that discussions would take place between uh, the Garda Commissioner and the, the, res- the respective the representative bodies and that a resolution is right. So you think that the template is there at the moment I'm saying, that has failed I'm for the last decade is that, going to work Ultimately, this is an industrial relations issue within Ungarish Shia and I want the respective parties so to come together to get a resolution. Yeah, 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 we, we've put forward basically that the, the, there are discussions ongoing um, Anthony Cunningham has been on with a particular position. Uh, the Garda Commissioner has come out. But ultimately, this will be resolved by way of discussion. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd encourage but the parties... The Minister policy. for Justice does need to ensure that that discussion okay. goes on urgently. I just, the Gardaí are given certainty and security. The Minister for Justice has come out and said that he would like to see this matter resolved. All right, but before we move off this, uh, the, new, the, the, the opening of a Garda station uh, in O'Connell Street, Ivana Bajic, a lot of people have welcomed its reopening, but it's closing at two o'clock. Is that a, is that a really a, a serious issue, given that there are other Garda stations nearby? I think it is a very serious issue and indeed to see this uh, Garda station open with great fanfare, clearly it's welcome to see the new station, the new facility on O'Connell Street, but to then learn that it is to close at 2am at a time when levels of <coughs> antisocial behaviour, levels of aggression can be most severe out on, uh, in our inner city areas, that's when we need to see a Garda presence most visible on O'Connell Street. But is a Garda presence on a Garda signal. station a different thing? Could it not be policed from Store Street, which is only around the corner? Well, currently there are of course, there are police stations in the local area, but it's simply not enough. And as I say, I'm hearing from local communities and local businesses and traders that they simply don't have the level of policing that they need to keep the streets safe and to keep footfall on the streets. Because right. the, as people feel the streets aren't safe, Colm, so so they'll leave it more uh, for those who are engaged in antisocial behaviour. Yeah. And it creates, it creates a knock-on effect and it's very, very serious. So I think it's an important message to keep that Garda station open 20, 24 hours. The, 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 your own party colleague, uh, Paul Kios that he doesn't, he doesn't feel safe on, on O'Connell Street. Yeah, but I, I heard Paul and really he welcomed the opening of the station, which I do. It's going to be five full-time Gardaí based there, sergeant of four Gardaí. Uh, in terms of the hours that it's open, that's operational matter for the Garda Commissioner. He's come out and said he'd prefer to see Gardaí on the, on the beat, out patrolling. And that's a decision for him. But sure, this is a very well... Is, is, is the opening of a station not just optics? Which the most important thing to no, have them on this, the beat? This, this, this is 
in the heart of O'Connell Street, and furthermore, you, you have a tourist assist centre Which in the whole area as well. Which was originally the only thing it was. In the beginning, it was, it was regarded, regarded as a Garda office, and only after talk as to what was happening was it upgraded. I, I, was the I, name I, of an upgraded I, I, I think, station. I, I think the public... So, so let Martin Kenny finish. The, public, the public's pro- problem here is, and, and you mentioned Garda out on the beat, we wanted, the commissioner said we want to see more Garda. The problem is people don't see Garda out on the beat. They don't see them on the street. I'm talking to people who work in late light venues in Dublin, particularly young women trying to get home. They can't get a taxi. They're afraid to walk the street. They're, they don't fi- feel safe. And we need to see more Garda on the street. We, of course the Garda station is welcome. It, it is welcome. Martin, but we, Martin, but we need so Martin, much more. I met, last, okay. I met two weeks ago with that. traders okay. in Temple Bar are, who are, whose staff are distressed and scared walking home. All right, okay. Firstly, one voice at a time. Okay, all right. Actually, first we're going to take a break. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1.